Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I am super happy to be back, and I really think that you are in for a serious treat with today's episode and my guest. Um, But before I dive into all of her fabulousness and also how we met, I want to take a minute to thank you for listening to the show. Now, from the bottom of my heart, it means so much to me when you respond about what you loved and found helpful in the episodes, when you share the show with other people, and also when you leave reviews. I love when people send me like pictures of where they're listening to the podcast, whether it's when they're washing the dishes or walking their dogs. Um, So just don't send me pictures of you in the shower, please, if that's where you listen. But seriously, here's the thing with podcasters really with all of us uh, out here creating and making things, we work hard behind the scenes, you know, and it is a labor of love in so many cases. So it's really nice to hear when we land in your heart or mind and also like what it is that does that for you. I can't speak for everyone else, um, but I do know that for me, I do this because I really want to share my life with you in hopes that you will glean inspiration, know-how, walk away with just this overall feeling that you are exactly where you need to be right now. And I also want to just like grow together as humans. And my goal with this podcast is to just build relationships with those of you listening. It's part of a bigger picture for me. And um, it's a conversation really that I'm having with each and every one of you. So if you want to make someone's day, make mine. Share what you loved about the episode, tag me on ye old social media, and uh, leave me a review if you can swing that extra 60 seconds out of your day to do that. One of my most recent um, podcast listener reviews is just in, hot off the press, and here's what Ashley Rachel had to say. Love it. That's my phrase, Ashley. Um, I just found this podcast and I love it. I especially loved the episode on how to grow your business with a CEO day. Emily has a great way of breaking things down and making this super digestible. I already tend to do a CEO day, but this episode really inspired me and gave me some great new ideas to try out. Thank you to Ashley Rachel for listening and then also taking time to share your thoughts. I'm really excited to hear what new things come out of your next CEO day with everything that you gathered from that episode. Um, And also, not to be rude, I didn't mean to skip this part, just in case this is your first time listening, uh, welcome here. And for those of you who don't know, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a freelance content writer, and I'm also the owner and founder of She Built This, which in addition to this podcast is a whole community for women entrepreneurs. And we're really focused in there on building authentic, valuable relationships, both online and in real life. And if you want to find out more, get in on our next event. We are getting together to celebrate and enjoy a day of networking, connection, and I'm going to just go ahead and say inspiration in Milford, New Hampshire on Friday, June 24th, 2022 at our She Built This Summer Gala. So if you're listening, you are invited to be one of the attendees, come make some new friends, rendezvous with old friends, and you're going to hear from four really impressive and amazing panelists share their stories of success and confidence, and you'll also get that much-needed time with some really awesome entrepreneurs in real life. So all of this in-person and relationship talk sort of makes me want to bring up something that I've been hearing about quite a bit in the entrepreneurial space. Lots of people have been sharing with me and in peer groups, in the She Built This peer groups, that they are sick of social media and really like their marketing efforts in general, but let's stick with social media for today. So maybe you can relate. It seems like social media is full of people begging for our attention, holding their palms out, asking for our hard-earned dollars. It's just a bunch of tips and showing off, you know, how they made 10K in a month with XYZ system, and now you can buy that same system for just 10K. So maybe you're kind of like over it, Maybe you're wondering if the only option is for you to submit to this algorithm 
that really likes reels about dogs and ducks becoming friends and honestly people that are just normal people with these somehow perfectly executed dance moves I feel like that's what we're up against so maybe you're feeling frustrated with uh, social media marketing or you're feeling like social media is kind of a toxic place Um, or you go on there and you don't know what to say when to say it how to say it so you just don't even bother And then when you get back on, you feel overwhelmed, you feel FOMO, and you feel like you're about 20 bazillion steps ahead. And maybe you're one of these people that just feels like social media is all bad, it sucks, and you want to do away with it for good. Now, I cannot solve all of your social media problems. I certainly wish I could, but I have been putting a lot of thought into this lately because I'm actually cooking up something over here around marketing which I will share with you after the summer summer gala. It's called the Marketing Momentum Lab, but I'm not going to get into too much detail on that yet. So that's going to be a surprise right down the road. But here's the reminder. Uh, Social media is only a piece of the puzzle. There are lots of ways to market ourselves. And if we are honestly, like if you're relying solely on social media to generate all of your leads and build your relationships for you, you might want to take a second to rethink that. Now, obviously disregard this if you're like totally crushing it and social media is the end all be all in your business and is somehow like magical for you. Um, But I just wanted to share a fun fact with you. I learned recently that Tesla, they spend $0 on marketing and they focus all of their efforts on building great products and also building a brand that people feel a connection to. Now, when that stat, when I saw that stat, it may have changed. I could have sworn I've seen a Tesla commercial or two, but maybe not. Um, But I think it's important to note that they, that even a big, big brand like that all the big brands, they are creating something that people feel connected to. People feel connected to the story. They feel like they're a part of the brand. So here are some things for us to keep in mind as it relates to, um, instead of getting mad at social media, basically, here's how this can relate to us. We also can refocus on relationships and building quality connections with other people. You can put more of your time, attention, and energy into ways of marketing yourself that you do love. So if like there's something you really just hate and you're never, you're not consistent because you really dislike it, why don't you try shifting your time, attention, attention, and energy into something that you, that you love a lot more? Um, And then ask yourself, do you really like, is it just your messaging? Is it not landing? Do you really have clarity around who your clients are? What keeps them up at night? What you already know about those people? Then you can go back to step one, uh, which is just start forming relationships and collaborating and building true connections with those people. I want I want to just like kind of reassure you if you are getting frustrated at marketing, you're getting frustrated at social media, marketing is not social media. Social media is just one piece of the marketing pie. It's fortunately in many instances like a very inexpensive or free piece of the marketing pie. Um, But me and my guest today are really going to get into this and our relationship in and of itself is case in point because it had nothing to do with social media. Um, I met Alicia Galati actually through one of my fellow podcasters and friends, Deanna Seymour and Lisa Zarotny. I reached out because I'd heard Alicia on Deanna's podcast and then I binge listened to ton, tons of Alicia's episodes and I was like, holy smokes, she knows her stuff. And of course, like mid binge, I heard that my pal Lisa was a guest on Alicia's show. And I said, oh my gosh, I need to know this person personally. And that is where our relationship began. I just sent a simple email and it jump started the connection. And it's, and the way that it's gone from there is that Alicia had me on her podcast. I had her on my podcast and she had me back on her podcast for a part two of our conversation. So in that first conversation, we talked about my own journey as a podcaster, all the mishaps, foibles, oopsies, lessons learned along the way. And I'm going to be sure to put that link in the show notes as well. And also if that second episode has aired by now, um, I'll put that in the show notes too. Even bigger picture than Alicia and I swapping listenerships was that we have started a relationship and a true relationship where we're like, we both think each other is cool and we've been on each other's podcasts and I admire things that she does and she admires things that I do and we're doing it in our own way. And in all of this, we're bringing more value and we're serving both of our communities through this relationship. 
I got an email from a listener this past week who um, had responded to my CEO podcast back in May. And if you have not heard that one yet, I highly recommend you go back and listen. If you're an entrepreneur kind of stuck in your business, working in your business and never getting time to work on your business. So I got an email from a listener this past week who who got a lot out of that CEO podcast. And so I shared um, the podcast that Alicia and I did because she is a fellow podcaster. And immediately she did what I did. And she started binge listening Alicia's show, taking many, many notes and making changes to her own podcast and her own business as a result. And like to me, this is where, this is like magic that marketing, social media, it can't really do for you. You know, this is what our marketing efforts should be focusing on is like building those relationships, creating community experiences, having conversations with and showing up for the people who want and need what we're offering and building relationships with them to that are really going to help change and make change in their lives. So as you, ooh, sorry about that. I think I have a tab open on my computer. Um, as you can imagine, this is all highly apropos to this month's theme for the podcast, which is rethink. And I think that this conversation with Alicia is really going to help you to rethink your approach to a piece of the marketing puzzle. Now, in this episode, we are specifically chatting about podcasting, guesting on podcasts, hosting a podcast, and getting leads and action takers from said podcast. But I don't want you to stop listening if you don't have a podcast or you're not planning to start one because there's a lot to take away from this episode that is just straight up marketing gold and it could be applied to any method of delivery. Alicia and I get into tips for guesting on podcasts, and I would take that a step further and say that's tips for being a good collaborator. Um, questions that she often gets asked by pre-launchers when considering getting started, once again, could be applied to starting any new idea, um, and whether or not you need a podcast and what to expect if you decide to go for that. Um, plus, we talk about how to make sure that your podcasting efforts are not in vain. They're not just a labor of love. They also help to convert and get listeners to become leads. Alicia Galati runs a full service podcast management company, meaning you record and her team does the rest. She helps business owners launch and maintain lead generating podcast. She lives in sunny North Carolina with her husband, two small boys, and a rescue pup. And when she's not working, you can either find her hiking, chasing her kids around, or watching the latest Star Wars with her husband. Without further ado, I bring you my conversation with Alicia, which I hope you will love and enjoy as much as I did. Hi, Alicia, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hello, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about this conversation. Me too. Very thrilled. I always say when I get on the podcaster, like it is just so lovely to talk to another podcaster for many reasons. Um, but Alicia also had me on her podcast. And so I feel like we've had some of these rich conversations already. And I'm like so excited to hear more and talk to you more. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be epic. I don't even know if people still say epic. Whatever. I, I mean, I we're. <laughs> I feel like we're of the same age genre, so we're allowed to say that. <laughs> um, say what I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So first off, you know, before while you tell who you are, what you do, I also would love to hear a little bit about your backstory. Like, how did you become who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am a business owner, mom. Uh, I started my business kind of how. I feel like a lot of people did in the like 2015 era, like that kind of space. And that was doing a little bit of side hustle stuff, kind of realizing, oh, wait, I don't have to rely solely on my nine to five for income. And I can find other ways to make income that will allow me to have the life and have the space with my family that I want to have. And it wasn't even necessarily, and I know this is the case for a lot of moms, is that they're like, I want to be with my kids more often. And that's not exactly how I feel. It's more about being able to give my kids the experiences financially that I wasn't able to have growing up because I grew up with a single mom who, you know, was always living paycheck to paycheck. And so I wanted to be able to give my kids some really incredible experiences as they grow up. And 
to do that, the nature of living in the age that we do is that you need money to do that. So I wanted to be able to still work my nine to five. I enjoyed what I did. I loved what I did. I worked in manufacturing and supply chain. So very different than the podcast management and production that I do now, but kind of still did that, had my side hustle and did a few different versions of my business. So I did blogging. I did social media marketing for a small agency. I was doing inventory strategy for e-commerce businesses. So like when I say a little bit of everything, I mean like really it was a little bit of everything. It's like a whoopsies business, yeah. which is how mine was too. And I did the same thing, a little bit of everything. And then I was like, I don't think everything is for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, at the beginning of 2020, I decided I wanted to do podcasting because I had launched my own podcast. And because of all my experiences in having done everything, I realized that I could create a full service experience for my clients where they can literally record, drop it into Google Drive, and then I can take it and run with it. And that's very much in line with my personality and how I like to be able to manage things for people. And it allowed me to pull from my experiences. Yeah. So when you say uh, take it and run with it, what exactly does a podcast management company do? And I guess my second question, because I always ask two in one, uh, what what stages of businesses do you work with? Yeah. So the most podcast production companies will do the editing and the show notes and the uploading. For full service, we do the uploading it to your blog, we do the marketing, we do the graphics, we do the audiograms, like everything that you would need from A to Z for a podcast, we handle. The only things I don't handle, and this is just my own personality reasons, is things that I cannot control. So that is guest management, uh, pitching my clients to be on other podcasts, things like that where it's just I can't control the outcome, and so I'm not really interested in investing my time in that kind of things or in those kinds of things. So there are some full-service podcast uh, production companies that do offer the guest management side, but I like to focus really heavily on established business owners. So when you ask the second question of like who I typically work with, they have to be established and know who they're talking to, what they're talking about. They're established business owners who want to use their podcast to generate leads back into the business. So we don't usually work with sponsors or that's another thing I can't control, right? <laughs> like sponsors or affiliates. Yes, I know the strategies and the tips and the tricks and I can walk my clients through that, but I don't really help beyond the here's how and then have fun. <laughs> So you must see a lot of podcasts being churned out and produced in the world. And I'm curious to see or hear what um, what some of the mistakes you see are, like what really like gets under your skin when it comes to podcasting. So my ears are little divas. And I like to say that because it's like the, the nicest way I can talk about my ears. <laughs> they are so particular about the audio quality. And I know, and I tell my, my listeners this on my podcast, and I tell my clients this, when people come to us, they usually want a level of audio quality that is like production level, studio level, where they can still record it in their home or record it over Zencaster, Zoom, Riverside, something like that, but still get a really good quality audio experience for their listeners. And for me... I have a really hard time listening to podcasts because my brain is constantly looking for things to edit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and so I cannot listen to podcasts outside of whatever I'm working on for clients. Although there is one podcast that I am able to listen to, and that's a National Geographic's kid podcast called Greeking Out. And I am obsessed with it. My kids are obsessed with it and we listen to it on the road. So that's the only one I listen to. <laughs> I I will say, you know, but just back to your audio quality comment, I will say that is a big deal for me when when listening to a podcast, but also listening to the guest. Like mm. it's really hard for me if somebody I love and adore brings on a guest that has really bad audio quality. And it's also hard for me as a podcaster when I have a guest that their audio quality, you're like, yeah, that is just not to my liking. But there's sometimes when you can't do anything about it and it, and it is really frustrating. So 
If you are listening and you are considering being a guest on more podcasts, I would recommend investing in like, you know, a hundred dollar microphone that is of better quality than the one on your MacBook Air or your headphones that are clashing against your earrings because that (laughs) as a listener is really, really distracting from any really valuable content that you're going to be providing. Right. And like if your point is to generate leads with your show, you don't want to distract them from all of the other things that have to do with podcasting, right? So like extensive side stories that maybe don't really have anything to do with the topic or, you know, terrible audio quality. Uh, There was one client where she, and thankfully we have the audio repair software to be able to fix these things, but she like hit her mic at one point. Uh, Her new desk chair was like squeaking and sounded like a duck. Like it was so ridiculous, but thankfully we were able to fix that. But that's an extremely like distracting thing that's going to detract from the incredible things that you're trying to say. And it's not going to be able to create a great quality experience for your listeners. Okay. And I'm taking notes over here because I'm like, note to self, no random side stories. (laughs) That is where I get. That's where I'm guilty. Um, All right. But so some of my listeners are interested and I've heard them ask me questions about starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear talking to some of these pre-launchers, like what did they need to think about before they get started? Yeah. So I'm part of the camp of people that says, Not everyone should have a podcast, and I know that sounds counterintuitive for someone who runs a podcast production agency, but I don't think that podcast is the only way to get content out there. I think it's one of the best ways because I like it, I use it, but I don't think that it's the only way. And if you don't have a set message or know exactly what it is that your audience needs or wants to hear then a podcast isn't really going to be right for you. Maybe you need to do a limited series or like a limited audio series or a limited video series or something that's like, hey, look, I'm going to come up with 10 topics. We're going to talk about those. And then that's it. But yeah, I think I would 100% agree with this. Yeah. And then also, if you don't have, and this is to all my service providers or coaching people, If you don't have the number of clients that you want to reach your financial goals right now where you're at that you need to be able to reach your financial goals, then a podcast is not going to be the right thing for you. A podcast is a long-term strategy. It is a long game. It is not a get-quick rich scheme. It is not a get clients quickly. I have one client where they had been podcasting for about seven months and they had someone binge listen to like 19 episodes the next day, hop on a call with them and join their group program. So like it is not something where people are going to listen and be like, light bulb moment, I'm going to buy from this person. Like they need things to binge. Most podcast listeners are bingers and They're going to need a bunch of content in order to get to know you, get to like you, and get to trust you. They're not going to be able to just see you once and be like, yep, my best friend. That's not really how it works. And so if you don't have enough clients to the point where you feel comfortable, like I can set aside the time or the effort to this long-term strategy, then I don't think it's something that you need to do. I think you need to be in people's DMs and be connecting with your ideal clients instead of focusing on creating content for a podcast. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think it paints a really realistic expectation of what a podcast is going to do and not do for you and when. Mm. Um, You know, I think after two and a half, almost three years now of doing this, I'm finally starting to get like actual, let's call it traction from my podcast. Whereas before I was just spending that time like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what was going to stick. And you and I have had this conversation. Um, and that was that was because I didn't go in with a plan. So I guess my next question is like, where does the sort of content plan or the focus come in, in, in before you even launch? Because had I known everything I know now, back then, it would have been a much different journey. Yeah, most people will, and most podcast producers or podcast launch courses are like, launch a podcast in 24 hours, launch a podcast in two weeks. And I actually tell people, give yourself two months 
and this is uh, de- definitely differentiates me from people who are my competitors or you know people in my space. And when we are working with clients to help them launch a podcast, we actually take those first two weeks to do market research. And I think that this is such an underutilized strategy that a lot of people don't use if they're considering launching a podcast. Like this should be first. Don't fantasize about the name or the cover art or who you're going to have on your show. Like do some solid research. And I think this goes back to my degree in business and marketing. Like this is business 101, (laughs) like in marketing 101, you need to know what is out there and how you can set yourself apart. So I have I a kind pod- of I kind of want to just build on that for any idea that you are yeah. having this shiny object syndrome around or is genuinely a really really good idea. I literally almost did this yesterday where I had an idea, I could see it all and I'm like I'm just going to launch it and I'm going to launch it before May. And then I sat back and I was like maybe I should ask if people want this thing <laughs> before I launch it. Yeah, it's and I think, you know, especially when as business owners and online business owners, we can feel a little isolated. And I think that's why it's so important to have other people that you can bounce your ideas or your thoughts off of. My executive assistant gets calls from me all the time. I'm like, hey, I have this brilliant idea. And she's like, okay, first, great idea. Awesome. We also need to do these other things first. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. And then by the next week, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Exactly. Just hold the phone one minute and your idea that sounded amazing can suddenly not be so amazing. (laughs) Yes. So know that going into a podcast, especially if you're going to DIY it, and depending on the level of audio quality that you want to have and how much you plan on kind of time investing into this, to create a 30-minute podcast episode listening to it through, editing it for content or ums or pauses or, I mean, I'm a little sick today, so I've got some coughs in here that Emily's going to have to edit out. Those kinds of things is going to take typically about four times the length of the audio. So a 30-minute podcast episode, you can know that your editing is going to take about two hours. Yes, you can bring that down depending on like just having done it several times or creating a workflow that is consistently going to work best for you. But know in the beginning, it's not going to be very easy, right? It's going to be a bit of a learning curve. Then you have to do the marketing and create the graphics and sharing it or the emails back and forth with your guests. Like there's a lot of different things that go into it. So if you don't have time to invest into all of those different things that are going to be needed from start to finish, then I don't really think that it's worth actually doing and maybe a limited series or a set of like, I'm going to do five things, five videos or five audio clips for my my listeners to listen to if they love it. And if I enjoy doing it, then I'm going to keep going. But don't put so much pressure on yourself to start something that is expected to be consistent and then not be able to show up because then your audience is going to be like, hey, are you coming back? What the heck is going on? And I, I would just, I just really want to, I'm nodding my head and agreeing with you because it's just so true that podcasting is not the only way. There are so many other opportunities. Like you and I could be having this conversation right now on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And we it, we could also be having this conversation on Instagram Live, you know, or in a group workshop setting. So there's just all sorts of different opportunities. And I love that idea of kind of trying it out behind, you know, behind the scenes, behind closed doors, seeing how you feel about it, seeing if you even like it. Because imagine you committed to doing something and started doing it and then you're like, oh my God, I don't even really enjoy any of this. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of pieces to it that I, I just don't think people all take into account. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit um, and talk about for people already podcasting, like how, what what is happening when they're not going from listeners to leads? And what are some of your top tips around helping to make that transformation happen? Yeah. So the first thing uh, is that a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, Alicia, I want to generate leads with my podcast and it's not happening. I'm not really sure what I'm doing wrong. And my first question is always this are you talking about your services? 
most of the time they'll say, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there you go. Your listeners, the only, especially if they are only podcast listeners, you cannot anticipate that they also follow you on Instagram or they also are in your Facebook group or they also are on your email list. You have to be able to get them with all of the information right in this spot and in the space where they are listening. So talk about your services in very organic ways, not in like robotic buy my stuff and it's awesome and this is why you need it. Like, (laughs) obviously, we don't want to do that. Be very natural about it. Give examples like I've been doing, as you can see, of past clients that you've had and experiences that they've had and wins that they've had. And then it allows your listeners to be like, oh, I'm struggling with that too, or I would love to get that result. How can I work with this person? And I think that that is the number one way is to just talk about what you do and how you do it and the ways that you're able to show up for your clients. Do you know how long it took me to start doing that? Like I had people be like, oh, you finally talk about the, she built this group now, which was the entire, it's like an entire offshoot of the podcast. Um, So I think that is, that cannot be brought home enough because if you want listeners to become leads, you have to tell them how. We always have to be giving people that next step and giving them like really clear ways to take that next step. Yes. And that leads me to my next thing. And that is your show notes. Ensuring that your show notes have those links in there where even if they're listening on the road, they can easily go back and grab those links. They don't have to go searching and digging for them make the links very easy for people to remember. So that way it's not anything difficult where like they have to go out of their way. And that is like whenever I see someone who posts about their podcast on Instagram and they're like link in my bio and the link in their bio is to Apple Podcasts. I am not an Apple Podcast user and most likely I'm not going to go out of my way to search for their podcast on Spotify. So if they have a very easy way for me to find my app, where I like to listen, I'm more likely to become a listener. And usually it's like, okay, well, what's your podcast about? Do I really feel like listening about listening to that? Probably not. You know what? Forget it. I've already forgot what we were even talking about, right? Like, <laughs> you want to keep their attention as much as you can and always be relating things back to your work and back to how you were able to help them and support them. And it doesn't matter. And I believe we talked about this when you were on my podcast about like, giving as much information as you can. Don't feel like you have to say, in my paid program, we do this or we talk about this. Talk about it on your podcast. Most likely, they're still going to need support on it and they're going to want you to walk them through it. Yeah. I say this with um, my content writing clients all the time as well. Like You can spoon feed people all of the information that you know. (laughs) bite by bite, they're not going to go, most of the time, they're not going to go do it themselves. They're going to still want to work with you. And if they, if they do want to do it themselves, then they're not your client anyway. And more power to them for like using podcasts and free resources to learn from it, I think. Um, so that's just always been my philosophy is like that giver's gain mentality. And I also think it really helps to paint you as the expertise in your area. And I do see a lot of people talking in circles around what they do, but not actually. You're like, I don't know if they really know what they're talking about because it's not very clear or like doesn't give me any sort of concrete action. And Mm -hmm. so that's another thing. I just I think being really concise and clear with the strategy or tips or whatever you're offering people um, is a good way to show yourself as the expert. Yeah, for sure. And then it also allows you to be seen as when people listen to your show, maybe they're running a summit and they're like, hey, I loved where you talked about this topic and how you were able to break it down. Can you come speak at our summit? Can you come speak at our event? And like, there's so many ways to use your podcast to show up as the awesome, incredible person you are and not just generate leads through that, but through other collaborations and connections that can happen. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is so true. So that kind of brings me to guesting on other people's podcasts. And I imagine that there's some space in there to use that as a way to get leads as well. So what do you think for like people looking to be a guest on more podcasts, they can 
and I don't want to say like you're you're not like sabotaging the episode by by directing leads to you, but it is a powerful tool for getting leads. So how can we better use the podcast that we're guesting on as well to create some of that? Yeah. So a few things come to mind as you're asking that question. And the first thing is that going back to should you launch a podcast? I think that guesting is a great way to kind of feel out the audio experience. And if it is for you or if it's not for you, and if you feel comfortable with it, if you feel like maybe I need to be prepared for my solo episodes, maybe I need to script them. Like it allows you to kind of get an idea of your main topics and what your audience is going to want to know because you're able to hear oh, this host had these questions. I bet my audience has very similar ones and it allows you to create content on your side with that. I just need to say yes, 100%. Like <laughs> the questions you asked, I, I, I will use you as an example. The questions you asked me, I, I sat down and like really thought about my answers to them afterwards and wrote out posts. And then I was like, wow, I have 10 social media posts all just answering the questions that you asked me on your show. Boom. Love it. Yes. So I think that's a great way of like, let's utilize being a guest on people's show. And then it also allows you to show up and be an expert within a space that's outside of yourself, right? So like when we post on social media or when we're posting in our Facebook groups or on email list, it's to people that already know you. They already like you. They already trust you. And you know, they're already there for your content. But when you're able to get in front of a new audience, it allows you to grow your your audience, grow the people that are following you. And that's where being a guest expert is so great. I couldn't even tell you how many times I have listened to a podcast, especially in the beginning stages of my business, where I was listening to a lot of business and marketing podcasts. And I would hear these guests speak and I would sign up for their email list and I would want to get to know them more and I would want to buy their stuff or buy their um, mini series or go through their challenge or whatever, because I was like, oh, wow, they're such an expert in this. And I loved what they were able to share here. And I want to get to know them more or I love their take on this topic and I want to utilize this in my business or I want to be able to, you know, spin it this way so that way I can maybe talk to my audience about this. So I think that it's such a great, great strategy to get in front of new audiences and new people who otherwise might not know you. Yeah, I will. If I love somebody like um, I'll take our mutual connection, Lisa Zerotny. So I love Lisa's podcast. And when I have seen her as a guest on other podcasts, that's how I've connected to new podcasts that I love. Um, and I've gone through and like binged all of the episodes that Lisa's a guest on, you know? <laughs> so it's like once you're in with somebody and, and you guest on their show, you open up a whole world of possibility. Um, okay. Podcaster to podcaster, what is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to guests sending you pitches? Because I imagine like me, you get a lot of podcast pitches. Uh, yeah. So I got one yesterday. It said, hello, sir. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a sir. I don't identify as a sir. And yeah. like, do your research. That's like first and foremost, do your research. The other thing is pitching people on topics that really aren't things that my audience is going to want to know. So like, I mean, really, that's like number one baseline. Do your research, understand yeah. and listen to the podcast before you pitch yourself to be on it. Yeah, and I think I think you it, it's a the first step in making it about the person you're actually pitching to instead of just about yourself. Yeah, I actually whenever I pitch to be on a podcast or we do a pitch research package for our clients, like only our clients cuz like I don't feel like doing that for everyone, <laughs> but I'll say, "Hey, look, we'll find some podcasts cuz we know you." We understand what it is that you talk about because we do your podcast. We'll do the research and then you're able to then pitch yourself to be on these shows. I've got these uh, templates that you can use. And when I'm creating those templates for them to use, I actually check how many times the word I is used. And when I'm pitching myself to be on podcasts, I check to see how many times the word I is used because it's not about you. It is about how you are able to give to this audience and to this podcaster. And I think this is another thing that I've seen is 
people will pitch and they'll get on the mic with the podcaster and they'll be like, so what made you want me to be on your show? And it's like, wait, you pitched to me. What do you mean? Like, I didn't search you out. <laughs> like, so like oh my knowing God. <laughs> where it came from and like who connected with who, look at the research. And yeah, that's why I think third party podcast pitchers don't always tend to convert very well. So make sure that you're sending them out yourself, that you're doing that research and that you're actually like caring when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I think remembering that, you know, they, I mean, truly at the end of the day, they are the one, it's a collaboration, but they are the ones doing you the favor in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, I, I told you this, I told the story on the episode that we did, but I had a podcast podcast guest pitch me and when she came on my show she asked me what the name of the podcast was and I was like oh, oh my goodness gracious what am I doing here yeah. <laughs> what is happening um all right let's totally shift gears and talk <laughs> about one of our I know we both have a passion for repurposing mm -hmm. because of the way that it just helps to simplify life and your content um what how do you repurpose content from your own podcast and also encourage others, your clients to do the same? Yeah. So I actually use my podcast as the baseline for all of my content. So whatever topics I'm talking about are going to be the topics that I'm talking about on social media, as well as to my email list. So for my email list, I usually come up with a monthly topic for my monthly newsletter, and then I'm able to base my episodes, especially my solo episodes, around those topics. So that way, it's, it's all very cohesive and is able to help people along with those main pillars and content buckets that I usually talk about, which is content marketing uh, or podcast marketing, podcast content podcast monetization and podcast launching. Like those are the main things that I'm talking about all the time and at every time. So I know that it's going to be one of those things. I also have my team create three social posts for each episode that goes live. So as my editor is going through and writing my show notes, she also writes my social media captions for those. I pull the quotes that I say from the podcast, use those as quotables, I'll take the audio like snippet or teaser and I'll create an audiogram with that. And then sometimes if I'm just like strapped for time and effort and maybe we're in the middle of a launch and I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be promoting anything this week because I'm kind of busy. I will literally just share from Spotify to Instagram stories and be like, here you go, guys. Have fun. <laughs> so there's a few different ways that I love to be able to repurpose uh, just one podcast episode, but usually it's that some type of audiogram, a quotable, usually like anywhere from one to three quotes that I'm like, ooh, that was good. Uh, creating that social content, my emails, a blog post for each podcast episode. And then I know that I'm always able to refer back to it, which I think is such a great strategy for podcasts that have content that's evergreen, where anyone can listen to it at any time of the year and it doesn't matter, they're still gonna get value from it. I can always refer back to other episodes. So I know like if my podcast episode this week is about content, I can say, if you need the very basics of podcast content, like how to come up with your first 10 episodes or how to plan out your podcast content, go back to these two episodes. And it allows me to then still repurpose that content that I've already created and is already sitting there for people to listen into something new. This is magical. And so speaking my language, see everyone, I'm not crazy. I told you <laughs> about the power of repurposing. Um, and I just want to remind anyone listening that doesn't have a podcast or is not a guest on a podcast, um, you can do this with any form yes. of marketing that you're any form of content that you're putting out there. And if you are a guest on a podcast, I actually just um did a transcription of one of my guests because I was helping her with a content project. And as a as an extra gesture, I just sent her the transcription of the episode and I was like, you can also use this in the future for anything that you would like, you know? Mm -hmm. So not, not saying you want to re request that, but saying that there is so much gold, even in the podcast interviews that you do. So making sure to go back to listen to the ones that you're on and repurpose some of that content as well, or the Facebook lives that you're on, or, you know, whatever else you're doing, where you're generating content, just remembering to, it, it helps you so much. 
and it helps your audience to have that cohesive, uh, concise message that you want them to. Absolutely. I recently gifted like five strategy sessions for the VIPs for a summit that I was on. And I had my executive assistant on as I was talking through these five strategy sessions with people who were like relatively new to me. That way she could use it to come up with topics that I could use for my podcast. Like what are the questions that people are asking? Because I hear them so often that my brain kind of tunes that I'm out at some point where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know this thing, but I don't always realize that not everybody knows it. And so having even some type of person that can listen in to the lives that you do or the podcasts that you do or like an it even if it's a if it's a virtual assistant who can go back and listen if you're like listen I don't like to hear the sound of my own voice because I am like raising my hand I hate listening back to my episodes and that's why it's great to have a team to be able to go back and do that and they'll listen back come up with those content ideas and it allows me to be like okay great let's run with it and I can go from there A hundred percent agreed. And I'm raising my hand because I do help people (laughs) do that. Just an FYI, I'm going to sell my service right there or pitch my service. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's get into the fun roundup questions. Yay. What book are you reading right now? I am reading- Well, not right now because like right now we're obviously- (laughs) (laughs) Well, like an hour ago, I was reading (laughs) pretty much. Um, So I have to tell this story real quick. For the majority of my adult life, I did not read books. And I mean, I was going to school for like college for a lot of my adult life so far in getting my associates. And then I got a bachelor's and then I got another bachelor's and just like working a nine to five, having kids, especially when they're younger, it's just more difficult to like sit down with a book. But in 2020, I said, you know what? I want to read for fun. And I'm so sick of trying and striving and pushing myself to read these self-development books and these like, yes, they're great. And it's great to do self-development. It's great to read these business books, but I am, am striving to get through them. And I don't like how I feel doing that. So I'm going to read some smutty romance novels for fun and see what happens. And I love it (laughs) after like between October and December, I read 15 books and I was like, what is my life? Fast forward to 2021. I read 350 books. Oh my goodness. You have me so beat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. And none of them were self-development. None of them were business. And I still made multiple six figures. I still spent time with my family. Like, And that's why I think finding things that you enjoy and finding things you love to do outside of business are so stinking important. So the book I'm reading right now I don't recommend it if you don't read smutty books. <laughs> so like, I thought for sure this was all going to be a way to like get out of sharing what the title was, but people have their pens armed and ready, so ready you need to, to share the title. <laughs> so the title is uh, "Promises and Pomegranates." No oh dear, by Sav R. <laughs> Miller. and it is a very loose retelling of Hades and Persephone. It is dark. Like it's dark mafia ish, oh. a bit violent, uh, forced marriage type stuff. Very good, <laughs> but just to kind of preface it with that. So if those kinds of things aren't your jam, or you're more into like rom com, I'm gonna plug this. I have a Instagram account with a friend who also I like pulled her and sucked her into reading these romance novels. It's called We Read Smut. That is the Instagram account. And we talk about all different types of books and different genres. And we're actually going to do a month of rom-coms. So if romantic comedies are your thing, you can look out for those as well. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll make sure that link is in the show notes too. Thank you. Um, all right. What is the most boring thing that happened to you today so far? Uh, I mean, I feel like this shouldn't be boring, but I watched my kid play. He's four he's gonna be five in june and i watched him play super smash brothers and like whenever he plays the switch it's a full body experience for him where he's like jumping up and down the whole time 
And it was very boring to watch. <laughs> That's hilarious. At least you didn't say this podcast. Um, but I will say, as a kid, I used to play, in, like, I don't know, Duck Hunt and Mario oh, Brothers yeah. and Super that Nintendo? kind of thing. Yes. I couldn't not... Like, I thought you had to kind of, like, move your arms around to make the remote. I get it. It's it's not intuitive for everybody to sit still and do those things. So I'm with him. I'm with him in this. Yeah. Um, it's a full that, body thing. It's fantastic to funny. watch. <laughs> All right. What's, the, what's your favorite thing about where you live? So I live about an hour south of Raleigh, North Carolina. And what I love about where I live, and I've lived mostly northeast coast the majority of my life, I love that I am like two and a half hours from the beach and two and a half hours from the mountains. So I'm kind of like in that middle of North Carolina where I can get to the beach pretty quickly and have a day trip, or I can go to the mountains for a day trip or a long weekend and kind of see the snow or the beach, depending on what I'm kind of feeling. Um, I knew you lived in North Carolina, but I didn't realize where, and we should have totally hung out at the beginning of the month when I was there. So, Oh, my goodness. That's all. Maybe next time. Maybe next, next time, time. For sure. <laughs> all right. In case people want to, I'm just going to be cheesy here. In case they want to hang out with you um, online, how can they find and connect with you and also listen to your podcast? Yes. So you can find Listeners to Leads podcast on any podcast listening app. So if you're whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can search Listeners to Leads or go to listenerstoleads.com and that will send you to my website where you can find my social media handles where I like to hang out is usually Instagram and uh, slide in my DMs. Let me know that you found me via this. If you have any questions, I get people in my DMs all the time like, hey, I know that you have strategy sessions, but I have this quick question. I'm always happy to answer them. I'm all about like putting great energy out in the world and helping people where I can. Or if I have a resource, I'll send you that way. So Instagram is my favorite place, or you can go to listenerstoleads.com. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much, Alicia, for taking time. This was extremely uh, delightful and also very generous of you. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. And Emily, you know, you're going to be back on my podcast. So if you guys like Emily, you can go listen to her her episode on mine and then her next one that'll be out in a few months. They better like me. They don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org. 